welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We are rolling. We are live. You started in the prayer when you started tapping. Um, This is Deacon Jacob. (laughs) This is Father Sean. This is the first time I've been on the other side of the control board recording. That's I think true. Since we bought this, I don't know why. I just always defaulted. Yeah, that's because you used to do this stuff in like your life, like your job. I you used were like to, an AV guy, and I was the one who set it up the the new system we've got. And so whenever I set it up, I always take pod track take P four. Yeah. However, on the other, I'm on the other side of it now. Father Sean. Did you know there's rolling. like laugh tracks here and like clap tracks? Yeah, you're not supposed to press those. Should I hit one of them? <laughs> you can try it. All right. Oh, it's muted. It's muted. Oh, that's you sad. You can't hear it. All right, the volume's right below it, the knob. The knob volume's right below oh, it. Oh, all right. Yeah. So you turn it. There it is. Applause. Hey. All right, say something <laughs> funny. Uh, your face. <laughs> oh, no, that's not a laugh track. That's an applause track. That's what I mean. <laughs> I think there's a laugh track on there. I don't know. Power um, save. This is why I've never let Father Sean on the other side of the recorder. <laughs> All right, I'm turning this down in case I accidentally bump one of those buttons. No, I actually had hopes uh, at some point if we if we wanted to discuss something or incorporate something, like uh, we wanted to comment on something, we could play it into there. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's the joke one. All right. <laughs> Um, no more. So, yeah, hopefully we don't have too many of those. I know Father Mike wants uh, to use those. <laughs> Father John don't absolutely does not want to use those. I was thinking about doing our theme song with those so we could just record it and we wouldn't have to edit that in post. But that's actually Welcome pretty Welcome to pretty Catholic tough. Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. So I could listen to that um, Mirka Frank recording over and over and I'm over again. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason people listen to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Oh, great episode, guys. Back to <laughs> right, something skip. more important. Oh, man, I'm all caught up after 20 episodes. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. How are you doing, Father Sean? It's been, uh, been a little bit. I'm doing great. Has it been a little bit? I feel like I get to see you often, though, which is great. I live across the street. Um, I was assigned to your parish. I am no longer assigned to your parish. Yeah, yeah, sad, safe way. Sad day. Uh, so it's been like two weeks since I've... No, it's been like a week since I chatted with you. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, we do get to hang out a lot, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well. It's been a great Easter, Easter season. Um, yeah, I don't know. Parish has been steady. Oh, we had priest convocation. I guess, who knows? It's hard to know, like, right? Because this podcast comes out in a few weeks from when we're recording, like three weeks from when we're recording. Uh, I recorded one with Father John on convocation that came out like that Thursday. I'm sure you just talked to Father Mike when you record with him about... We didn't talk about convocation okay. at all, which is funny because that episode is coming out tomorrow from mm-hmm. when we're recording right now, and we didn't talk about it at all. You've recorded a lot of podcasts today, but we're gonna keep we got to get ahead because everyone's taking vacations. <laughs> we have soon. summer. We're, we're farther away. Uh, yeah, where are you going retreats. this summer, Jacob? Did you already tell the audience that? I didn't. We talked about Father Mike. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised <laughs> uh this summer i'm going well i'm moving to ascension parish in montbello where i'll be uh serving as a deacon uh through the summer and through the next year however um that's kind of the first two months of the summer and then i'm going with you to world youth day in portugal let's go so pretty excited about that yeah, i'm pumped and it's then um after about seven days of pilgrimage 
Uh, I'm going to stay and go to Lyon with a couple of the other seminarians. See a couple sites out there. Um, possibly get to ours, uh, drink some wine. And then uh, I'm going to go through London on my way back. I've, I've been through the London airport. Heathrow. This time I have uh, like 60 hours between when I get into London and when I fly out. So mm. I'm excited to actually see old London. Um, yeah, what is it called? Trif- Trifalgar? Trifalgar Square? Trifalgar Square. I don't know um, actually what it's called. but there's It's like the Times Square yeah, of London. Old London's kind of along the river. You've got Parliament and the... You can go to the place where Thomas More was um, imprisoned. The Tower of London. And there's Tower Bridge. And there's a really cool modern building that has an indoor garden that's free to get into. It's one of the few places in London that's free. I only know this because Val, our secretary at the seminary, is giving me all the inside scoop on London. Val. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. What are you doing other than... Well, I was more just talking about your assignment. So Deacon Jacob is going to... Ascension in Montbello, which is not that far away, but yeah, we just wanted to get ahead on recording. Yeah, I'll Seems probably see so. you more than the other the other guys, but because Father, yeah. Father John's got a retreat, who knows, or Father Mike has a retreat, mm-hmm. who knows what Father John will be doing. Yeah, and I actually like you and spending time with you, so. You know, the good thing is Father John <laughs> and Father Mike don't listen to our episodes, so they'll never hear that. They already know it, though. Oh, okay. No, I'm just teasing. No, they're great. <laughs> they're great, but... Um, yeah, so getting ahead. So not Hopefully. only did I record an episode with Father Mike earlier today, I also had an oral exam with Father John earlier today, which you heard if you listened to the Father Mike episode coming out tomorrow. <laughs> We're getting like multiverse timeline. How's stuff. finals? Are you done with finals? You got one left? I have one take home final to finish before Friday. Uh, take home. Yep. Those so. tend to be harder. They're more substantial, less yeah, stressful. There's, there's open notes. Yeah. They're open notes, but... You have to do more. Like, the oral exam was done in 10 minutes. Is this the Holy Orders one? Or it which is. Which one is this? It is. Yeah, I remember that one. So... That was a good one. Yeah. Father Selen is an incredible teacher. Gives us awesome uh, resources and content to reflect on I the probably still have my exam if you want it. I think it's changed a little bit, but we're sworn to secrecy and obedience to not cheat. You're right. And also out of virtue, not cheat, but also... Well, I'm obedience. not in seminary anymore, so... <laughs> does that, I don't know if that applies to me. <laughs> The virtue one does. Yeah, you're right. I want to be virtuous. I also want to be holy. Anyways, uh, what am I doing this summer? I am still being a priest at here at Our Lady of Lords and St. Louis. <laughs> a priest at here. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't make fun of, fun of me. Golly, I can't talk right now. Day. Can't talk right now. Um, I am going to do, hopefully, finish the 14ers this summer. That's kind of the big project that I'm focused on for kind of traveling vacation. So I'm going to do some backpacking and hiking um, for vacation. And then, of course, the big trip will be to Portugal, Lisbon. We're flying into Spain, busing across Spain for a little bit, and then eventually ending up in uh, Lisbon for World Youth Day, going to Fatima, which I'm super, super pumped about. In fact, this Saturday, May 13th, we have priestly ordinations, but it's also the feast day of... Our Lady of Fatima. That's right. Pray for us. So uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really, really life-giving pilgrimage. We have 47 people from our parish group going, um, which is amazing because that's a lot yeah. of people and most dioceses are struggling to get numbers like that. So I don't know why or how the Lord blessed us so much with so many pilgrims. Hopefully it's a blessing. I'm a little nervous that we might lose one of our high schoolers. <laughs> but, yeah. But we'll see. Hopefully not. 
I'll blame it on you if we do. Great. I'm chaperone number five, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you guys were counting. I just made that up. I think there's, we have quite a few, though. We have, yeah, 47 people going. There's like probably 20 high schoolers and then 20 adults. So it's nice that some, of, some of the parents are coming to help out and we can kind of split off into smaller groups to yeah, it's help be, great. be thing, uh, a little more manageable than just you and Liz being in charge of 47 people. God bless me, yep. everyone. You guys are doing great. You're very well organized helping us get everything to go. So Yeah, we're trying to be. I think um, those are kind of my strong suits, organization and just kind of being involved. But yeah, we'll see what happens when boots are on the ground. I think that's going to be the real test. Good. Organization. That brings us to our topic today. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for an in, Sean. This is Father great. Sean. Um, organization, order, ordering. You are uh, in holy orders. Orderliness. Are you not? What does holy orders mean? Why, why is it called orders? Orders. Because you get your orders from your bishop, and then you say, <laughs> I will go. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's principally because you are ordering, right? You are a governor mm. of the church. Um, not only your life, you put your life in order, but you are helping to order uh, the church towards, ultimately, sanctity. Priest, prophet, and king. Um, and so there are orders. Sorry, what's our, what's our topic? This is going to be helpful for me to just have context. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to dive a little more into philosophy. Okay. I'm, I'm starting from the, the role of the priest to kind of govern and how the priest governs. Gotcha. But we're going to talk philosophically about how we order things. Uh, the different types of orders, um, intellectually speaking, and then how we, um, I guess, relate to those from an ethical uh, and theological standpoint. Great. Basically, what I'm doing here is doing the philosophical overview, um, preparing for a podcast I'm doing with Father John <laughs> on artificial intelligence. Oh, no. <laughs> In a couple of weeks. I want to join for that one. So you can jump in on that one if you'd like, especially after after today. But I want to give a bit of a philosophical look at technological sciences, the order of the technocratic or artistic order, mm-hmm. the uh, ethical order, the logical order, and the natural order. Great. And how they are situated, one related to the next, as well as the sciences and the ordering of sciences that we have higher sciences and lower sciences mm-hmm. and how they're ruled and how they're supposed to relate so that's where we're going great that's helpful context thank you um so i asked that because you're a priest so mm-hmm. you're supposed to govern how are you supposed to govern with an iron fist or <laughs> through teaching through education through enlightening yeah through illuminating so the priest uh is supposed to wait wait wait. are you asking me and then you're just going to answer your I already, own question I gave the answer um right. well answer it then right so uh this is yeah i actually preached about some of this not not this directly but um priesthood in general uh this past sunday because the readings were uh kind of lent itself towards that um how does saint peter say it he says uh you are a chosen race a royal priesthood quoting the old testament but um God choosing us to be his adopted children, his adopted people as a chosen race, a royal priesthood um, to offer spiritual sacrifices is what St. Peter said in, in the second reading this past Sunday. The 
fifth Sunday of Easter year A, uh, for some context. I think <laughs> I love it. I we're just right. like we've got like a timeline. We need people going to be charting out what we're talking about when we're talking. Probably about. not. They're probably super annoyed right now. Yeah. They're probably driving in their car. They're like, all right, just get to the topic. To the topic. Um, but anyway, so right, the the distinction between, um, or not the distinction, the uh, the similarities between the baptismal priesthood. And the ministerial priesthood is what I was drawing on, that everyone is a priest by their baptism, which means we're we're all called to offer sacrifices. If I were to elaborate on that homily, right, I would go into what about priest, prophet, and king? What about our our, uh, kinghood and our prophethood? Kingship. Uh, Kingship and and prophetship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, so, uh, so everyone listening to this, I shouldn't say everyone, but if you are baptized, um, you are also a king, right? Which means as a king, you're called to govern. So by our governing, uh, me as a ministerial priest, I'm called to um, govern in a way that leads, uh, that shows the kingdom of God here on this earth, right? And every time we pray the Our Father, we say, thy kingdom come. God's kingdom is already reigning on this earth. He came and established his kingdom here. Uh, and so we, we, we pray for... Um, Right, this reality to continue to enumerate, continue to elaborate itself. But as a priest, I'm called to govern this kingdom, um, God's kingdom, through, as you mentioned, Deacon Jacob of education, teaching, uh, kind of that that type of office. We see that governship, the governing aspect of the church, um, oftentimes through the pope, through the cardinals, through the bishops, through priests. But again. As as your baptismal priesthood, you are also called to to govern the church in certain ways. Yeah, and so God governs all creation. He is the principal governor. Uh, he rules. He is supreme over all that He has created, and He governs things based on their natures. So we are by nature rational beings. That's our highest uh, our highest faculty is our rationality, yep, our, our intellect, intellect and our will. And so God governs us in relation to our intellect and our will. Mm-hmm. So he moves us to make right action in our will through right knowledge. Mm-hmm. So to govern a rational being, the proper way to govern is to teach. And through teaching, we move to proper action. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the way we, you know, animals are governed through their instincts, through their senses, plants, uh, kind of through the sensory seeking light and water. Um, as things get lesser and lower natures, they're governed in different ways. Mm-hmm. You, as a priest, incorporating the office of Christ, the head, govern the church. Now, Christ governed the church as shepherd and teacher, mm. not as dictator. Now, there's, there's military obedience that is super important in the midst of a battle. If the sergeant questions the captain's order in the midst of a firefight, everybody's possibly going to die because you just kind of have to respond in the heat of the moment to the order and fulfill the order. Mm -hmm. So there's a type of obedience that isn't always necessarily in a dialogue or need to understand absolutely everything. But in the rational order, we are governed by being taught. And so God is trying to teach us. Now, he teaches us. Um, through many ways, through divine revelation, through the natural law, through um, our own ability to come to know things uh, through the sciences. Mm -hmm. And so as rational beings, um, we're 
kind of in dialogue with these four orders that I mentioned before. The highest of those orders is the natural order, natural law. Uh, I think Thomas describes it, St. Thomas, as the order by which we behold things. Which one? The natural order. The natural order. So this is things as they are. Uh, Principally, uh, what this ends up being is the study of physics and metaphysics. So we come to know things in their natures, in their essences, Mm -hmm. how they are. Right, through observation, right? So, <clears throat> And we don't impose what they are. We receive what they are. Correct. We see reality, and we receive reality, and that's where truth lies. The more that my mind conforms to this reality, the more truth that I come to know, which means like metaphysical, or, or I shouldn't even say use the word metaphysical, just real experiential observations. Uh, our five senses is the way we come to know. We come to know through our body, right? So through... Sight, touch, smelling, taste. Am I missing a sense? Uh, hearing. <laughs> that one. What, what you're doing now, listening to us. Did you say smelling? <laughs> I did I say smelling. Um, right? We come to know through those things. Um, and maybe just uh, to w- one, one thing that you said as well, Deacon Jacob. Um, God, as you mentioned, like God helps order our, our life, but we still have free will. But he orders our intellect towards the truth and our will towards what is good. So when Christ governs us or as a priest, as I help govern the church, I am I am essentially trying to lead people to understand the truth so that their intellect can grasp it and understand the good so that their will morally can choose what is good and avoid what is evil. Very good. Which we get into um, dinner play between morality as a theology and ethics as a philosophy there. Mm. But I want to jump back to the second order, which is the rational order or the logical order. So when you say second, sorry, I wasn't talking to my mic there. When you say second, do you mean um, from the top or from the bottom? Like which way are we moving? So we're moving from the top down. So natural is most important then? Um, in, in regards here, yes. Okay. Natural is the most important because it is by which we... Uh, are measured. So when we encounter something outside of us, we have true knowledge of it when our knowledge conforms to that which it is outside of us. We don't impose rockness on the rock. The rock is out there in its nature as a rock. Mm -hmm. And I look at it, touch it, feel it, study it, put it under a microscope, and I'm like, oh, this is a rock. I come to know the essence of the thing which is outside of me. So natural order measures... Mm-hmm. what the thing is, and I receive that. And awesome. I am living in truth when my mind, my rationality conforms to it. So that's, the, that's why it's the, the highest or at the top. Here. Great. So natural order, yep. physics, metaphysics, yep. second realm. The uh, order whereby we, we put things in order is the rational or logical order. So this is kind of twofold, um, the study of logic itself, so that we have the concept of opposites, we have the concept of uh, sameness, all these kind of first principles is how we order our reasoning, our discursive reasoning. And so we, in a way, put things into order rationally as we come to know them, as we experiment on them. Um, So there's both the sciences, kind of um, biology, chemistry, whatever, maybe, as well as the mathematics, rules of logic, things like this, are in the logical order. Um, In some ways, it's dependent upon the natural order, because when we're doing biology or physics, we're we're separating 
parts. We're measuring things in motion, whatever it might be. Um, so there's a, a character of engaging with the natural world, but we're starting to kind of break it apart and understand parts of the essences and what's essential and what's accidental, and we're kind of putting a logical order upon it. So we are in one way the measure mm-hmm. through our rationality and our, our logic, but it is still measured by the thing as it is. And so this is a, a measured measure uh, is how it's, it's kind of described, that we, we aren't the complete uh, imposition of order mm-hmm. and essence onto the thing. But there's an interplay between our logical ordering through our rationality. Great. Um, so natural order, logical order. And then we have... Number uh, three. Now this one isn't so much... Um, the first two are more on the speculative reason mm-hmm. where we're coming to know things and what things are. Um, the third one is getting into practical reason. And so pract- difference between speculative and practical, speculative is looking at uh, what things are as they are. Practical is looking at things and how we can manipulate them, build with them mm-hmm. uh, or how we should act. Correct. So practical reason has to do with how we act or how we create or make things. So within uh, practical reason, we have the order of ethics or the ethical order. And this is the order of what ought we do. Right. Um, yeah, we say <clears throat> ethics. And then, as you mentioned earlier, moral theology, which is um, kind of the supernatural side of ethics as opposed to the natural side, which could be a whole podcast topic yeah. in itself. But anyways, we say that's a practical science, meaning it has to be studied but you can't just study it intellectually. You have to put it into practice, meaning it has to be practical in that sense, yeah. practical science. And it's ordered to our action. It's how are we supposed to act as moral agents? Correct. You can't just learn what is right or wrong. You also have to do what, what is, is right, right or wrong. Or wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Well, do what is right. Don't do what is wrong. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Good so, distinction. So, But again, here in the ethical order, um, ethics are able to be understood in relation to things as they are their natures. Mm -hmm. There are things you're not supposed to do to a human being that you can do to a tree or a rock Mm -hmm. because of what the thing is. So I can, uh, I can throw a rock through a window. Now that's the window I'm breaking. That might be, you know, somebody's property, but I can throw a rock through glass and it's like, Oh, it's just a rock. If I throw Sean through glass, (laughs) good luck. (laughs) uh, I'm, I'm harming him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's differences in, in what we can do based on what a thing is and that the ethical order then also is measured by what things are in their natures. Mm-hmm. Well, step down another to the practice praxis of the artistic or technological order. Mm-hmm. And this is the order whereby so this is number four, this is number four. Okay. So this is the order whereby we create. We create an art, a work of art, or we create a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a technique. We build a boat. We build a watch. We build a house, whatever it may be. There's a technological order that mm-hmm. we put, we kind of impose. This one... Would we say artificial then? or It is, because it's artistic. So the artificial comes from artistic art. Art is a creation. So the artistic sciences uh, for the... Greek philosophers were anything that was to build. So shipbuilding is an art. Uh, House building is an art. Governing, military science is an art Hmm. uh, because it's something that we kind of create and impose and put order in. What's really interesting about this one is in a way, we are imposing 
the end on something. Mm. So uh, things are the way they are because God thinks them that way. Sean and I are human beings. All of us are human beings because God made us human beings. They're human beings because God is created. We don't decide that we're human beings. Father Sean and I are men because God has made us in our nature to be men. Women are women. Right, but this um, is the natural order. I'm back to the natural order. Yep. So, But they are that thing because God has made it that thing. Mm-hmm. And then we receive it as such. In the technological order, we put things together with the our end in mind. Mm-hmm. So God knows the idea of a chair in his mind. He understands what a chair is. But man thought of the concept of a chair and put a chair together in his art of chair building. Yeah. And so now I'm actually looking more like God in this technological order than in any of the others because I'm imposing a form and a uh, order to something that I am making in an art. So in that regard, while I put it as the fourth, it's kind of the one that we look most like God in, right? right? And so we're we're creating new and and more impressive technologies, um, but we need to be a little bit careful. And this is where we're going to go a little bit more uh, in the future with talking about artificial intelligence or what may be. Um, But original sin was seeking to be God, to be like God. Mm -hmm. And so this technical order is the order whereby we seem to be the most like God. And so in our fallen nature, and I think really more than ever before in our time, this technological order is what we are most focused on because we are trying to be gods. Mm. And so with this inversion now, I am imposing technological order as the highest, Correct. preeminent over anything. So if I can manipulate matter to look like something, to be something, uh, then that's actually higher than nature. Right. Instead of receiving nature as it is, nature as good, nature from God, and then being measured by that, we get rid of those other orders. And we're just sitting in this technological order and saying, I can do this, therefore I have the right to do this. I can create uh, this. I can do a surgery on my body and say that I'm now a woman. Um, I can do, uh, we can do artificial um, conception in a lab. Um, you know, these are things where now we're engaging with people who are something by their nature received by God. And we are trying to impose a technological order of change, making them something that they are not. And I think that's a, a huge problem. Oh, it's a massive problem. <laughs> we're going to get into so. huge problem. No, it's a massive problem. <laughs> so I don't know if you have any thoughts cause I, I've, I'm going to, I've been talking a bit, but I'm going to jump into, um, the orders of the sciences and how they're, they're supposed yeah. to be ordered, but any reflections on that? Um, yeah, I'm intrigued where you're taking this. So maybe just a couple comments real briefly here. One would be, um, natural order is so, so, so important because we have to see what's out there and receive it as it is right. Again, we receive reality. That's where truth is. That's how, when our mind conforms to reality, we possess truth. We, we grow in truth. And that's so important because, um, right. To take an example, a dog can celebrate, uh, a dog can know its mother, but a dog cannot celebrate mother's day. 
And I think that's important because uh, we, on the other hand, we know what motherhood is. And so we celebrate motherhood. We celebrate Mother's Day. Like we receive what's out there and conform it, um, hopefully, to our minds or our mind conforms to to it, I should say. Um, but you're absolutely right. And, and so the second comment would be, uh, I was going to look up what, who actually said this quote because I was thinking about this today, actually. But I can't remember who said it. It's one of the philosophers. Maybe you can <laughs> remember for me. But one of the modern philosophies said, right, it's no longer God creating us in his image and likeness. As Genesis one twenty six says, let us create man in, his, in, his Im- in our image and likeness. But now it's the opposite. Let us create God in my image and likeness. We now create God because we're so focused on that fourth level, the art, uh, that you're right. As artists, like we become creators and we come, we become like God in that sense. But now we're kind of, we're trying to create God. If I don't let God be God, then I can create anything. And then reality goes out, out the window because none of this stuff matters anymore. And this is postmodern era. This is what we're dealing with today that people don't see metaphysical claims anymore. People don't see what's, what's real out there. People just want to say, I'm going to create, I'm going to choose what's best because I know what's best because at the end of the day, I'm making God in my image and therefore I am God. Yeah. I don't know who said that explicitly, but John Paul Sartre uh, addressing freedom calls freedom the order that imposes ethical order on action. Mm. And there is no, he, he rejects natural order or logical order. Mm. So deductive reasoning through logic is out. It's actually deconstructed. Mm. Um, there's no natural order. There's no nothing as it is. It's just existence becoming something. Yeah. This is the existentialist move that we're now, uh, you know, f- even farther beyond in the, the contemporary milieu we're in. There, we're so focused on freedom as the order which we put upon action, and therefore we aren't ordered by any natural uh, reality received, mm. and we're not ordered by any logical truth from first principles. So if then all we have is freedom, is my ordering of my action, however I seem fit, we fall back into kind of what Father John and I were talking with Augusto Noche, this imposition of my will for the sake of utility and self-actualization, hmm. not towards good. I, I call what is good uh, what I want out of utility or out of value. Um, so if that's where we're at, then the technological order, there's no restriction to it. If I can do it, there's nothing stopping me from doing it if Correct. I so choose. But there is, with this, a, a exaltation of technological, scientific knowledge. The sciences is, just means the knowledge. Science is knowledge, right? right. So the different sciences are, like I said, we've got biology, we've got chemistry, we've got math, we've got physics, we've got uh, the arts, uh, the sciences of the arts, of shipbuilding, of governance. Chess. We have the art of chess, the knowledge of chess. So these sciences, uh, we have kind of rejected metaphysics, ethics, from real conversation and subjugated them all under what is called science in a scientism, which is the material sciences ordered towards technological creation. Hmm. We have a technocratic uh, ideology, a technocratic totalitarianism where what is technologically possible can be done, shouldn't be uh, hampered. And a lot of the, I guess, Silicon Valley um, 
tech entrepreneurs are operating out of a, a philosophy of idealism that believe that if we just create the ideal living situation for everybody, man will cease being evil and just start being good mm-hmm. naturally. And this rejects original sin. This rejects God. It's all a materialistic worldview. And the only reason people do things that we would call bad or evil is because their situation is bad. But the problem is you can have people in a terrible situation being a very virtuous person, and you can have people in the best socioeconomic situations being some of the worst evil people around. Just the situation doesn't change that. There's something more there, and that's the ethical order. And the ethical order then needs to be ordered to God. Mm. So the sciences, technological science is preeminent. We reject all other sciences. It's first. But the problem is that's actually a disorder because the highest science is the knowledge of divine things. So St. Thomas talks about in speculative knowledge, you have natural, mathematical, and divine science. So the natural science is knowledge of material things, the universe, everything around. Mathematical knowledge is the knowledge of logic, of equation, things that have existence um, apart from the material that you can measure. So you can do mathematics. We have, we have theoretical mathematics. They'd end up interplaying with how we do physics and we understand the universe. Mm-hmm. But we can, we can look at math outside of kind of matter, mater- mm-hmm. material things. We look at curves. We look at angles. We look at probabilities. These things are not instantiated in matter the way that natural things are. Right. But then we have divine science, divine knowledge. And this is where we get into theology. So we have kind of the natural ability to think of God, um, kind of the natural proofs for God that Plato, Aristotle, Boethius, Thomas. Aquinas. Present. Yeah, I said Aquinas at the end. Oh, yeah, you said Thomas. <laughs> right, sorry. sorry, Thomas Aquinas. Um, but <laughs> the knowledge of God, metaphysics, the science of being, and being in relation to God the Creator is the highest science. Correct. So just as the natural order from which we know metaphysics and physics, those are also the highest sciences. And then from that flow ethics. Well, when God reveals in theology, when God reveals who he is, we can be sure of the knowledge from God because God is not a deceiver. Mm -hmm. So when we receive revelation, this is the highest knowledge we have. And so from revelation, we do morality, which is the theological, I guess, mother of ethics, uh, higher than ethics, because it is working with revelation. Yeah, it's informed. Which is more sure than our own natural reasoning. Correct. Right? So these are the highest sciences. Everything else should be ordered underneath these sciences. The way we do uh, physics, the way we do mathematics, the way we create artistic or technological sciences or come to know, need to be understood under the light of the higher sciences. So just as the technological order is where we're most like God and where our sin is most prevalent, hmm. because we're inverting it and putting it above, receiving what things are and saying this is no how things are, we can do the same thing in the ordering of what the sciences are. So I can now put technological science above metaphysics. Correct. And now, uh, or I can put business above 
metaphysics, or mm-hmm. I can put governance above metaphysics. And we're putting things... Or I said correct, but I really should say incorrect. <laughs> yes, it is incorrect to put these above. Um, so the analogy uh, would be certain sciences have others subordinate to them. So the science of governance, the governance of a country, mm-hmm. is a higher science than the science of economics, the science of warfare, you name it, what else we might have, the science of sociology. The science of governance is higher because those are at the service of right. governance. Yeah, it has people. to inform them, right? Exactly. I think inform might be a helpful word here. Secondly, like I know this isn't quite what you're saying, um, but I just want to make clear that um, when you say science, right? how would you define science? Science is simply a knowledge, a, a means of knowledge. Right. And so I just want to make sure we're on the same page here that there's a natural science, but then there's also supernatural sciences. So like theology are, is technically a science in that sense because mm-hmm. we learn and we come to know. Um, so if, we, if like, I just want to make sure like we're not just saying like natural science is the highest science because at the end of the day, theology is. Yep. But, uh, but Theology to, is a science a way to know, come to know. Correct. But in the natural realm, natural science is, so the metaphysics is the highest natural science. Yep. However, all of those, to your point, and I, again, I think the word informed will help us, mm-hmm. all of those must be informed by divine revelation, divine law, and ordered under those. So yep. uh, hence the language of informed, but also hence the language of ordered. Great. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so when we're looking at governance, economics is informed by governance. Uh, sociology is informed by governance. Uh, warfare, the science of warfare, is informed by governance. And so the king or the president or whoever is in charge of governing is the one who, through the science of governance, orders the science of economics Mm -hmm. and the science of warfare together for a healthy society. Correct. Now, that doesn't mean that the lower two don't inform as well. It goes both ways. Correct. So the president can say, I want everybody to have a living income, which is a great thing, living wage. Everybody should have everything they should need in our society. Mm -hmm. Just wage theory. Yeah. And so then he comes out and he says, we are going to create a just wage in this way. And the economists say, whoa, 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 that's not going to work for these reasons. The economist knows more about the economy in its particulars than the president. But the president knows more about the ordering of society than the economist. And the economist is doing economics for the sake of the good of society, which is subjugated under governance. Mm -hmm. So the president needs to work telling the economists, we need to solve this problem for this end, for the good of society. And then the economists say, great, this is how we can do that. Mm. And then we do it. Same thing with warfare. Like, is it better to have our defenses here than here? Should we be uh, more frontwardly aggressive or should we have more of a kind of passive stance here? Uh, diplomacy with foreign nations is another science that's underneath governance itself, but mm-hmm. informs. So now we see this ordering where one is higher than the other, but they do both inform each other. Yeah, they're in dialogue. Yeah. Um, I think the the other analogy I've, I've heard from this, Father Angel, I think from Thomas, is just warfare itself. A general might say, I need this type of 
ship. I need this type of weapon. I need this type of uh, armor. And the shipbuilder will say, okay, well, we can kind of do this this way, or would it be better if we used this wood? Mm-hmm. The armorist might say, you know what, this the sword that you're requesting, I think that the end that you desire for that sword, it might be better if we do this pike, this spear. And say, oh, yeah, that would actually be better. But it's all ordered to the general's science of warfare towards his end in the battle that he's preparing for. Right. So from this analogy, science is not the king, the sorry, material sciences. Again, the world today is called science. The material sciences, gotcha. the understanding of our, uh, our universe and matter, and what we can do with it mm-hmm. is science. Is a, the the I believe in science thing. Right. Um, the science it's it's an ideology mm-hmm. of scientism, where science, which is just this material knowledge of science, is now over everything else, and so it rules beyond morality, beyond ethics, beyond um, any any of the uh, other practical sciences, and so we're making terrible decisions uh, in medical care. Um, we're, we're allowing physician assisted suicide. We're allowing abortion. We're allowing, um, just these weird distortions. There's, there's desire in the scientific community to do hybrids of animals with humans, mm-hmm. uh, cross breeding. And it's just like, should we be doing this technologically? Right. Maybe we can, but should we? And when we put technology at the forefront Correct. above everything else, now ethics morality have no yeah and i think these are these are really really good things to wrestle with now obviously like we're informed by again divine revelation by theology by god and what's challenging here is we're also informed by natural law which everyone has access to like it doesn't take divine revelation to know that abortion is wrong and unfortunately like we've gotten to that point where we, we, I mean, anyone can use, anyone with a brain should recognize from a natural level that abortion is wrong. Anyways, I'm getting off topic slightly here. My point with this is to say, well, I don't remember what my point was. <laughs> you go. So that's basically the groundwork that uh, when I start talking with Father John about um, what artificial intelligence is, the technology behind it, which I'm not an expert in, uh, but the the ethical questions of how should this be used. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I actually think it's a really cool technology. But there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety around it. But there's also a lot of like, oh, we could do this. And should we do this? It's the same question of, you know, okay, we're able to create a nuclear bomb. Should we use or create nuclear bombs? Right. That's an ethical question. Now, thank God, more because of mutually assured destruction, We've not used them since World War II. Right. But even when we first used it, I don't know if we should have. Right. And we yeah, weren't, it was we catastrophic. Weren't, we weren't thinking from a moral, ethical standpoint. We were thinking, I think, and there were people wrestling with this both ways. Some, you know, there was, should we, should we not? We know how devastating it is to an extent. Um, but we decided to because we could, and it would end the war. And so the the measure was... All of this collateral damage is at the service of stopping uh, other harms in the Pacific front, right? Yep. Well, 
was that really an ethical? Was that really that's that's kind of a utilitarian right, right. ethic, right? So we're getting off off field, but no, but I think it's the right question of like, right? What technology and science will always say is look at what we can do. So therefore, let's do it. What philosophy says is yes, but should we? And I love technology. I love these things. We did a podcast on um, uh, the telescope, the James Webb telescope. And I think I told you this, but Archbishop texted me. He's just like, I didn't know you like uh, space or astronomy so much. And I was like, oh no, Archbishop listens to Catholic stuff. (laughs) Thank you, Archbishop. Shout out to you. Um, Right. But like, I love these things. I think it's super cool. Like what, um, the technology and the space travel is doing right now, I think it'd be super cool to have a Mars base, right? And to have a lunar base, like they're talking about building a lunar base. And that way, when you launch rockets, you're not going through the earth's atmosphere. So you go from the moon all the way to Mars, and then you're saving however many miles. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that much if you're going to Mars, but you're saving tons of gas because then you're not getting out of the the gravitational pull of, of earth or you already are out of it. Right. I love, I love these things. And I think it's cool. Like how we can kind of push new boundaries. If I can use that word, as long as they're healthy. Right. And this is your point, Deacon Jake of like, yes, but should we like, is this ordered? Is this under the natural order of, of goodness, of truth, of beauty, goodness, truth, and beauty. And if it's not, then we probably shouldn't be doing it. I remember in seminary in bioethics class doing a paper or reading something. I can't remember what project it was for, but we were essentially looking at um, test tube babies, right? And the, the, this, there's thousands of frozen embryos, probably hundreds of thousands, if not more frozen embryos around the world that they just have frozen because for a long time they were trying to figure out like especially with ivf they were trying to figure out how to fertilize an egg in a petri dish and then they did it but there's at least in the u.s there is a law and i think this is still a law that you can only grow that baby right that's a fertilized human being you can only grow that baby in a test tube for 14 days so what do you do after day 14 you either have to let it die or you freeze it. And there's all these frozen embryos now. And it becomes a question of like, look at what we can do. Science is super cool. We're doing all these super, super awesome things. We're pushing the limits. We're pushing boundaries. But then philosophy is like, yes, but should we be doing this? We have, Ethics. We have committed a grave injustice against thousands, hundreds of thousands of children. Amen. Yeah. So, so my closing is then uh, most of these errors kind of began, I, I think they're perennially human. They began in the garden with the first sin, I'll get to. But the ones we're, we're facing right now and the way that they are um, presented really began in the Enlightenment, what was called the Enlightenment, uh, where the human intellect became the measure of reality with no measure mm. to itself. Yeah. The human intellect, what it could do, that's what measured. And so from the Enlightenment, now there's been a lot of scientific advance in the last 400 years, uh, it's been truly amazing, but we've forgotten the for why, right? It's just the, that we can. And, uh, it's interesting. It's called the enlightenment 
they call it, it's, it's not really the first enlightenment because the enlightenment is what, what to, to enlighten is to receive light, mm-hmm. uh, to open your eyes, to cast off your self-imposed tutelage is what uh, I think uh, Kant said. Well, that's no different than what Satan tempted Adam and Eve in the garden with, that they should open their eyes, that they sh- if they eat of this fruit, they will not die, but they will open their eyes and they will be like God. Satan tempted that you shall be like God. You shall have an enlightenment mm. from the garden. And Lucifer, the light bearer, who was supposed to bear the light of God and show that light through mediated teaching to the rest of the universe, instead became the father of lies, caused man to, or tempted man to sin by causing or in, in, insinuating doubt of God's goodness and saying, no, God doesn't actually want you to be good. He's afraid of you. He's jealous of you. He knows he, you can be like him, technological order. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want you to do that. But if you eat of this tree, you will be like him. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that. We are trying to be like him in the technological order. And this is a very malicious uh, distortion because we can either, we can either um, distort or confuse somebody kind of through um, lack of knowledge, that we can, we can kind of have a, um, uh, an error in our thought just because we, we don't know better. Mm-hmm. You can be a, um, a mistaken philosopher or scientist or whatever it may be because you don't know better. You can make a mistake. And that, that's bad because it can lead people astray. It's a mistake. Or you can intentionally deceive, mm-hmm. and that's malicious. And this is what Satan did, and I think it's, it's what he's trying to continue to do in the world because he's saying, no, you can be like God, you can be like God, you can be like God, without ever pausing to say, what were we created to be? Mm. So that's my setup for more technological conversation with I love Father it. John. Yeah, so you're moving this towards AI, you said? Yeah, we're going to talk about AI specifically. Great. Yeah, I would be. I would love to join you guys for that podcast because I think I've been thinking a lot about this. I also had Chat GPT write my Palm Sunday homily, <laughs> which, <laughs> which was actually pretty decent. Like I didn't use it, but um, but it was actually like decent. On honestly, like it was yeah. like it it picks up these things from the internet, and then it it forms it into to say like yeah, this is what a Catholic priest would say at a Catholic mass for the year A of Palm Sunday of, you know, whatever, 2023. Um, right. So these things, these things have impact on us. And I think it's really fascinating where it's going. Um, I do just want to just back up here and, um, just kind of give one final thought for this because, and then I want you to give one last thought of like, okay, what's one thing that you, just so you can think of this now, what's one thing you want people to remember from this one? Because, uh, you were like, Deacon Jacob was like, oh, this this will be a quick topic. I'm just setting us up for next 45 topic. 45 minutes. I'm in. like, whatever. Uh, but I think this was a very complex topic. But if you were to outline it on a whiteboard, it would actually make perfect sense. Um, I know most people probably listen as like they're folding laundry, but this podcast <laughs> you cannot multitask through. I apologize. Um, I've done that to you guys a couple of times now. Hey, that's all right. I've done it too. But so just to, you might want to get your notebook out here because I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you couple of questions i just want to give a big overview so sciences must be ordered underneath right so um we use the word subordinated to order something under and the highest level in the natural realm will be natural science and then what's the second one again well it's it's metaphysics specifically right right okay i don't want to like 
I just want like high <laughs> overview for people to chart on a whiteboard. <laughs> so number one, natural science, the natural order. Yep. Number two, logical order. Logical order. Number three, uh, we're getting into the, the practical, but that is ethics. And then number four is art or technology. Techne. And all of that in the natural realm must be ordered underneath the supernatural realm, which of course, above all, is divine revelation. Divine revelation as theology, and then the praxis of divine revelation and theology, which is moral theology. Awesome. Which is all ordered. And divine revelation also, of course, includes sacred scripture, how the scripture, how God reveals himself in the scriptures, and then orders us there. Um, One quick analogy here. This is also our soul. Our soul has different powers within it. You already mentioned the most important two, the intellect and the will. But then underneath our our intellect and will, we have the passions, our emotions. And those often need to be reordered over and over again, reintegrated within our intellect and will. Oftentimes, right, someone will say things like, ah, my anger just got the best of me. It's like, yeah, because the lower powers, your passions of your soul were unordered, were disordered, and you decided to, to think, if you will, with your anger as opposed to think with your intellect. So it's the same in the human soul. We have to order our, our soul properly, which means your intellect and will is governing and ordering everything else in your life. Basta, what's the <laughs> one thing that you want people to remember from this? Yeah. So I just want to revisit that because that's exactly it. So the ordering of knowledge is the one character. So like on the right side of your whiteboard, you've got ordering of knowledge. And then on the left side, you've got the means to know knowledge. So the means to know knowledge are the sciences themselves. So at the highest of that, you have divine revelation, divine sciences, knowledge of God, theology. Theology is the queen of the sciences because all things are ordered to the truths of God and we know that more than anything through revelation. All other sciences, I'm not going to draw them out in an order here, fall below the theological science. So that's the left side. On the right side is then how we order the knowledge. And so the top is the natural order, whereby the order of knowledge is ordered to the things as they are. We don't impose anything upon them. The second one, logical order, rational order, where we partially impose order in the intellect, uh, via rational, logical argument, but we're doing that in relation to the things as they are. Mm-hmm. Those are the two are speculative. Draw a line under those. Now we have the practical. On the practical, we have ethics, which is the ordering of action, which is because of how things are, as they are in the natural order, we act in a certain way to them, with them. We are supposed to do this, not do that. Below that, we have the artistic or technological order, wherein we impose order on things that we create. That we create, we have an image of a car in our mind, and now we order all of the parts to be that car. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave you with that situation, uh, going in towards what you mentioned, the powers of the soul, uh, the powers of the body. We have the passions, we have the senses. And one of the things we're really going to talk about with artificial intelligence is how human intelligence works. And that we have internal powers. We have intellect, but that's made up of uh, or, or engages with imagination, mm-hmm. memory, 
what's called the estimative sense, you know, mm-hmm. different. So we're going to get into more how man comes to know and then how uh, artificial intelligence like ChatGPT or some of the others are imitating that and mirror it in some ways and are totally different in others. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of where we're going, but I don't want to do that podcast yet. So Great. Cliffhanger. I love it. A couple weeks from now. I'm on the edge of my seat. No, you're not. You're sitting back <laughs> relaxed. So from that relaxed position, shout outs. Um, can I give three shout outs? Well, four technically. Go for it. Uh, today's my mom's birthday. May 10th. Every year. Wow. Why are you glaring at me like I that? No, I'm not glaring. I'm just like, that's amazing because it's my older brother's birthday. So. No way. Well, happy birthday to my mom. Uh, she's a great lady. She gave birth to me. 6'5", somehow. You I'm weren't 6'5 s- when you were a baby. <laughs> True. I was not 6'5". Uh, shout out to her. This podcast, I believe, comes out on May 25th, which is the day before my dad's birthday. So shout out to my dad, May 26th. Uh, also a great dad. Uh, love you both. I'm grateful for you both. And the third and fourth shout out, uh, simultaneously together, would be to Dr. Terry and Susan Wright. Uh, we love you. We're grateful for everything that you taught us. Email us. Let us know if what Deacon Jacob just shared with us is actually accurate. You're the best philosophy professors and probably the best professors I've ever had in my whole life. Uh, And they taught us pretty much everything that we just regurgitated to you. So hopefully it's all accurate. They know it better than me. So where I was imprecise, they could uh, correct. That's right. Um, But super grateful for you guys. They're actually uh, retiring this year from uh, their long, long, long many years of teaching. I don't even know how many years they have taught, but they've been a huge service to so many, so many seminarians and now priests over the last probably two or three decades. And so we're super, super grateful uh, to you. And, and I shouldn't just say we, but but I, I am super grateful uh, for what you guys have given to me and taught me. Do they listen to the podcast? They do. Uh-oh. If I had known that, I may have never done this topic. <laughs> I just probably messed up, you know, both the, uh, the ancient and the Thomistic and the contemporary modern philosophers. So... I apologize that I have uh, let you down in any way. Love it. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to shout out my older brother, David, uh, whose birthday is today when we're recording. Awesome. Thanks, David. You're a good dude. I've yet to meet you. (laughs) That's true. Best friend growing up, that's for sure. And uh, one of my favorite years was his senior year of high school, my freshman year of high school. I'd practiced with his baseball team many times um, just because I was at practices. I went out and played with them. Uh, that year of high school, we got to play on the same team, and uh, it was super fun. Bishop Matchbuff High School, varsity baseball, David was first base, I was second base. David hit first, I hit second. That's awesome. It was pretty sweet. That is sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks, Deacon Jake. I look forward to Artificial Intelligence. Yes. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Give us suggestions, <laughs> feedback, questions, comments, I criticisms. I think we need to end it. End it now. Take care, everybody. All right. Thanks. Thanks.